Joining me now is Eric Snodgrass, the Principal Atmospheric Scientist with Nutrien Ag Solutions. And Eric, that sounds like a, a big title, and it is, but, uh, you, you know, it's all about what you do is the weather. And, and here we are. Uh, basically on the first day of winter uh, for 2022. And that's, that, that's a, you know, whenever the, the calendar changes, I know that weather guys, weather folks uh, uh, know that and realize that and uh, something you're, you're, you're quite aware of, right? Oh, yeah. And I mean, even though we're seeming to usher in, you know, astronomical winter here with a brutally cold air mass, uh, that came uh, all the way from the Arctic to visit us here in parts of the, you know, Tennessee, Tennessee Valley, Ohio Valley. Uh, you know, there is good news about today. And that after today, we slowly start to gain daylight hours again. So I, I love this day of the year because if we're done losing that daylight. We're going to start to just very slowly gain it back from now till June 21st. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a fun day just to think about, you know, just astronomically, what's the Earth doing as it's going around the sun and the good thing is, is every time you get past the solstice, there's change coming, and we're certainly going headlong into winter weather right now. And Eric, it feels like for some of us, maybe uh, in parts of the country, we, we've already had like a month of winter weather. You know, we hadn't had the precipitation, or at least the uh, frozen precipitation here in, in Tennessee, like some others have. Uh, some of you all to the north have, but but mm-hmm. we've had the cold, the cold temperatures already. Maybe. It just seems like more so than normal. Am I am I saying that right, or am I just imagining that it's been colder this late fall than normal? Uh, no, no, you're not imagining it. We did have really good cold air that came out in uh, November, and so we typically think of November as kind of being a month where we're sliding towards some colder uh, days. But we know we still get those days in the 50s and 60s in November. Well, not this year. We had that really big cold air mass that went through. It was the one that made all that lake effect snow that you probably heard about up to six to eight feet off of the end of Lake Erie and Lake Ontario. And so that kind of set us off. And that was right before Thanksgiving. So maybe our our memories are are skewed toward that event and how cold some of that air was around that time. But, you know, we, we went over to some milder days for early December, but here we are at the end. And now we're staring at a front coming across the country that was born out of the Arctic and it's racing toward us and it's going to drop temperatures off in some places in the Midwest, uh, maybe 30 to 40 degrees. The moment it passes, uh, that's going to give us a flash freeze event and maybe a little bit farther north of Tennessee, we're going to see some snow up and around the Great Lakes, some places some pretty heavy snow and also some very strong winds out of the Northwest. And so I was just looking uh, this morning, Jackson, Tennessee, uh, we might see a high temperature at some point on Thursday of 50 and then by Friday morning, we may we may be knocking on the door of zero degrees Fahrenheit. That's how big of a shift temperature that's coming in behind this front. So uh, whether you're ready for it or not, winter is here, <laughs> and it's making its appearance known across the country. And so I didn't think really we ever used the term flash freeze. <laughs> I, I haven't heard that uh, a lot, but uh, yeah, that's for real, right? This, this is something that, that does happen. It does. And the thing that's going to make it rough is that, uh, you know, we, we have we will have a little bit of precipitation ahead of this system. And then on top of that, when you get that warm, there's just decent moisture in the atmosphere that will condense on road surfaces and stuff. And then all of a sudden you just bring in air that quickly drops below freezing and you end up creating a situation where there might be some black ice that might get a real quick freeze over on water surfaces. Uh, and uh, it can be just, uh, you know, a very quick change. Now, it'll be nothing compared to what our friends are dealing with in the 
upper Midwest in the northern plains where I shoot, I was seeing I was seeing a low temperature. Now this is before the wind chill, a low temperature in parts of Montana that might touch minus 40. You add the winds into the mix there, and we'll see wind chills across the Midwest into the western Corn Belt and into the northern plains. That'll be dropping down to that minus 50 to minus 70 range at times. So this is uh, this is kind of a brutal outlook for both man and beast. I mean, you you bring in that much cold air, and it's it's hard to endure. Well, obviously, the the, the weather is an important part uh, in, 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 of our daily lives. We're we're all looking at the weather, wondering what the weather is going to do. And I know that's what you do. You're you're getting paid to do this, or you, you know, <laughs> this is your, your occupation. So, how how do you see the winter? playing out i know people are always asking what kind of winter are we going to have are we going to have snow or uh or, yeah, yeah, that's something that you look out for and you look you study this right to to come up with these models that that uh predict what kind of winter we're going to have yeah and, and the reality of it is is that we all live in the mid-latitudes of the planet so no matter what no matter what the winter's volatile we will have time periods in winter where temperatures warm up a bit, and we're going to have Arctic outbreaks that happen just like this. So the thing that I'll, I'll stress upon you, the thing I care about is what happens by the time we get into March. And the only thing I'm really worried about at that point is, uh, did we get a few good freeze thaws that came through to help our soil health? That's actually a good thing for the soil. An active freeze thaw cycle, turns out research would tell you that that's good for soil tilth. It's good for compaction. But what I really care about is what does the drought situation look like? Because we still have about 75% of the country, uh, lower 48 that is, in some form of drought, be it D0 drought, that's the abnormally dry stage, which we have pockets in Tennessee that are in that, all the way up to uh, D4, which is exceptional drought, which the plains are really enduring that, so is parts of the southwest. So the only question I really ask myself is, okay, what's winter going to be like? But most folks only want to know that because it might affect travel plans, it might affect you know, their comfort. But the only thing that matters in ag is, do we come out of winter with drought that situation that's improved or a drought situation that's not gotten good? So what I do is I say right now, the best odds we've got, given that La Nina is peaking at this point and is expected to fade into the rest of winter into spring, I think what that means is better chances of more routine weather systems crossing the country. You know, especially now through January, I don't see much slowing down, see an active Tennessee and Ohio Valley storm track for these winter storms. And so you look at all that and say, how could we possibly sustain our drought picture when we've got this much activity over us? So I look at that and I say, that's all good. We're going to love what this winter is going to bring to us come spring, should it play out according to the current outlook. But I'm going to be honest with you. The reason why I have a job is because the outlook changes, right? We keep seeing new information. We try to keep ahead of it and keep aware of these high-impact events that affect us. So, yep, we got a big-picture outlook, but we realize that it does change week in and week out as the pattern evolves um, throughout this winter. And obviously, Eric, as you talk about uh, the drought situation, we've all, you know, not just farmers, but everybody is facing uh, the issues from from the drought, especially we've seen what it's done to the mighty Mississippi River, uh, you know, in late summer and early fall. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, that is starting to build back up and going to be able to help get goods and, 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 uh, you know, grain and 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 product up and down that river that's uh mighty 
critical for all Americans, like I say, not just for farmers and not just for the ag community, but for everybody that depends on goods and services that come up and down that Mississippi River. Oh, yeah. I mean, we don't forget that that river drains 40 percent of the land area of the lower 48. So the Ohio pours into it. The Mississippi, of course, the northern part of it, and the Missouri make up the, the northern branches of that river. Good news is, is that it, remember that system that rolled through a week ago? It may seem like distant memory for a lot of folks, but it was the one that hit California, then produced a blizzard in the northern plains, and then it hit New England. Well, that system, remember, as it came over the mid and lower Mississippi River Basin, dumped a bunch of rain. And the good news is, is at its worst back at the end of October, the Mississippi was 12 feet below low stage. It is now uh, up to 10 feet in depth, which makes it uh, five feet above low stage. So it's already recovered a substantial amount of water. I've been told that the traffic is moving on the river again. Uh, And the good news is is we don't see anything for the rest of winter that's going to shut it down, other than what normally happens north of St. Louis with the shutdown just during the winter anyways. So good. It made a recovery. It wasn't a full recovery, but it came back a long way. And I I hope we've put the worst behind us with that river having problems as we start looking at 2023. And speaking of that, that's what you referred to earlier is obviously farmers are going to be interested in how their soil health is going into the the spring planting season. And that's what you're looking out to as well to uh, to to help farmers kind of get a gauge of that by looking at the weather on a daily basis. But those patterns, those long-term patterns that the weather uh, develops that you look into and, and watch out for, uh, again, hopefully it's going to be, a like you said earlier, a normal pattern to where we do get that precipitation that would be, again, the word normal, if there is such a thing, right? <laughs> Well, you know, all normal is in weather is just the average of chaos. And so what, what, I, what I see happening here is that given that we're going to lose this La Nina likely at some point before next spring, we just develop a better chance of seeing more routine weather systems rolling through the country come spring. Now, there's a problem with that. That also tightens up our spring windows. We end up having to, uh, instead of having wide open 10, 15-day stretches where just everybody plants everything, we see more regular uh, precipitation if there is more of an El Nino signal at that point. But by the way, that's usually one of the only indicators we have at this point in the year to tell you what next spring is going to be like. There are very few other things that have long-range statistical correlation with weather patterns. So I use that and I use history, and history would tell me that in the state of Tennessee over the last 40 years, our springs have gotten a little bit wetter. Uh, that uh, March, April, May time period, uh, that, those three months, are up about an inch over the previous uh, decades. So we see all that and we say, all right, well, we got the moisture. We just have to work around when it gets in here. But boy, we're glad we have it once the crop gets established. Very good. Eric Stodgrass, the atmospheric uh, uh, scientist with Nutrient Ag Solutions, giving us all the the news we need to know about the weather on a daily basis. And the good thing for you, right, you get a little extra time of daylight now going forward all the way up until uh july right till when when the the summer solstice hits us right is that how that works that's right we'll uh it'll it'll we'll gain hours until june 21st when uh we reach our next solstice and by the way solstice means sun stop that's the translation so it's all about uh, where the sun's rays are most direct and right now today they are most direct on the tropic of capricorn 23 and a half degrees south They're going to progress back toward the equator by March 21st and be direct over the Tropic of Cancer 
by the time you get to uh, uh, June 21st. So it's a really cool thing to study. It's all because the Earth spins and it's got a little tilt on its axis. Very good. Eric, thank you for all the information, and uh, we appreciate everything you do for, uh, for looking at the weather and trying to make some sense of it to, for the rest of us to, to be able to enjoy, hopefully, right? <laughs> you bet. I, I certainly enjoy looking at it. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you.